When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. Alright, firstly, we're going to sell off... Sell off those troll skins that we got. We're scrolling in the merchantile, we're scrolling down, scrolling down. You see, they sell... The large troll skins have a value of 16, so they'll probably sell about 12, maybe. And that's it. I thought I, I thought I had more than that. I'm sure I had a... Uh... Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, wait a minute. I have a large... Oh, I must have I must have forgot to actually pick up the large troll skin. Oh, silly me, silly me! Went to went to all that effort of skinning that troll skin, and then left the troll skin to sink into the swamp. Anyway, anyway I'm selling one for seven gold. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's something that can happen in. That's something that can happen in some of the earlier, the earlier quests that important items don't automatically get picked up. That's, that's mostly been resolved. In a while back, there was this item I was supposed to be smuggling, but I forgot to pick it up. So I ended up being attacked by everyone for not having this item, which I just... <laughs> I just left behind, and since that section's gone, you can't pick it up again once the page passes. It's just how it works, because it would be really, really hard to pro. Just, just, just imagine how big the save files would be if you had to code in every single item that you left behind. That'd be enormous. And most of it would be utterly useless. Because that's why you left it behind. Yeah, yeah, We're talking... And of course that would be multiplied by every character. And it just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, not something worth using. Now, anyway. Yep, so as you can see, it's not really worth it. Mechanically speaking... To skin those, to skin those troll skates, and there's also another thing called a trosk or something. That's an even rarer counter in the Merc, and you can get horns from them, which you can also sell for a pittance. Of course, when this game was first out, when that when that. Quest was first revealed, that was years before they were replayables. So if you wanted to grind to farm gold, that was your option. But now we have other options, so that's just 
a fun thing to do, I guess. You want to get one of every eyes and want to see what happens if you click it. But no, not a good gold source. Anyway, we're back in Stormfield now. There's a new adventure called A Journey into the Murk. While passing through Stormfield, you're approached by an elderly man in flowing blue robes. The man tells you he's in need of the services of a great adventure. That's me! While making your way through the centre of Soulfield, you're approached by an elderly man in flowing blue robes. He bows deeply and introduces himself as Kibiwok. Why people have weird names? He tells you that he recently heard the news of victory over the evil forces within the Merc. He has travelled here from Tissa's capital city of Talonus to seek your help in a very important matter. Kibiwok tells you that there's a need of a bold adventurer to journey into the Merc to a place where the ancient tomb lies hidden in the swamp. The tomb... Long hidden in the gloom of that place is the final resting place of a powerful mage. Inside that tomb, if my search has indeed been accurate, lies an item of great importance to me. I've sought you out for this task, Soup, because you've already found success within the borders of that infernal mire. Kibok tells you that during his research he discovered an old man, an old map, that purports to indicate the location of the tomb within this murk. Undertake this mission and succeed, and you shall be rewarded justly. Were I younger, I would consider venturing to swamp myself. But alas, I know all too well that my days of high adventure are to remain memories. You consider Kubot's proposal. I accept the mission. Always accept the mission. I mean, even if it's a bad thing, you could just not do it. <laughs> Kibok smiles and hands you a furled piece of weathered parchment. You unfurl the parchment within a crudely stretched map that details a large portion of the murk. You are now carrying Kibok's map. This item will not appear on your item list. In the, ma- in the middle of the map is a shaded area that represents a wide body of water. Strange symbol has been drawn on this east side of the damaged area, and it tells you that it's the sire of the mage who is buried in the tomb. That symbol marks the location of the tomb you're seeking, he says. You must locate the tomb and tweed from it a wet cloak fashioned by an edmore clasp. Whatever else you discover in the tomb is yours to take, but you must bring me the cloak. I shall pay you 200 gold tokens upon your successful return. Once again, when this quest was released, 200 gold tokens was a big deal. Now, now it's selling about three, four pieces of common loot that you'll probably find on the way to the shops to sell ten times more worth of common loot. Getting gold's a lot easier now than it was at the beginning. You nod and meet the elderly man in the shoulder cross. Kibok wishes you luck on your mission and tells you he will await your return in the Muckstone Inn. Ooh. <laughs> That's not Is that, that sort of inn you'd like to visit? Muckstone? Muckstone. Muckstone Inn. Before he departs, Kibok pulls out a small leather pouch from inside his robes and tosses it to you. You open the pouch and are later discover it contains four Quebec leaves. 
Healing properties of leaf can prove extremely useful on your journey into the muck. Into the muck. I'm going to take all four of them. I probably never use them because they were still about seven SP. So they're only valuable in, in a few edge cases. And they take up one encumbrance each. So to have enough of them to you know, do any decent healing, you're clogging up your inventory. You thank Kerbok and he bows deeply in return. He again wishes you luck, then moves off through Stormfield's main thoroughfare. Eager to begin your mission, you make your way to the outskirts of the town, and soon find yourself standing on the edge of the murk. Although the swamp is no longer home to the fearsome murkmen, thanks to your impressive victory, it's still a place that is avoided by nearly everyone. You take one last look around... Well, to make sure you're not seen before taking your few first few cautious steps into the tangled swamp. Using the map Kibok has given you, as well as your own extensive knowledge of the murk, takes only a short while for you to get your bearings in the twisting mire. It is out eastward through the swamp on a direct course for the wide pool marked on the map. In this, you don't you don't navigate that big map. You don't have to navigate that big map to get anywhere, so it's a lot easier than the last quest. For several hours, you trek steadily eastward through the perilous mire, and with the exception of a lone swamp tongue, which you spotted a distance and managed to avoid, you see no sign of any of the more dangerous denizens of the murk. Suddenly, a series of splashes wing out from behind you and instantly spin around. Prepare to confront any possible danger. Though you cannot see any sign of movement in the swamp behind you, you cannot hope but feel your watch. You can use divination. You can attempt to locate the source of the sound and just plough on regardless. I'm going to use divination. Uh, and uh, it fails. You're unable to sense anything about your immediate surroundings. You move back in the direction from which you came. You are scouring the dense swamp for any sign of movement. Bonus 1 to 100. 18 for woodmanship. And that is... And that is half of my woodmanship score. So, even if you had 100 woodmanship, it wouldn't be guaranteed. But no one's going to get 100 woodmanship for this quest. Buying some very strange set of circumstances. Yet, got to get 60 or more. Failure. Your search does not turn up any sign of a lovely living being in the immediate area. Despite your lack of findings, you remain suspicious of the splash you heard only moments earlier. You assume a renewed vigilance as you prepare to continue on your trek through the swamp. You've got less than a hundred yards further east when suddenly the sound spreads splashes to your left, snatched in that direction. Darting through the thick swamp growth heading north is a short, thin man garbled in a green tunic. In a matter of seconds, he has disappeared from sight, and the splashing that accompanied his hurried footballs has, has faded the silence. You cannot hope but wonder what his presence in the midst of the murk might mean. Besides, he must not let it delay your task at hand. Since he's on high alert, you once again set off through the swamp heading east. You trek steadily eastward through the murk until at last you arrive at the edge of a large pool. Large pool. Thick patches of green weeds rise. Rise through the black stagnant water 
and a dense fog hangs low over the placid surface, preventing you from seeing a great distance in any direction. A quick check off of the map that Killer gave you reveals that you, pers- that you are standing on the west side of the body water, almost precisely across from the spot, mark- spot marked as the location of the two. Realise that crossing the pool would take many hours of dangerous travel through the swamp. Suddenly, your eyes catch sight of something poking up a tall clump of weeds at the water's edge. You're elated to discover a small boat tucked into a clump of tall grass at the edge of the pool. The boat is in fairly rough shape, and all appears to indicate it's been sitting in this very spot for quite some time. Still, the boat is too usable oars. You realize that this small craft is perhaps the only, your only chance of quickly and safely crossing the fog in shrouded pool. As you drag the boat in onto the water and clamber aboard, you pray that the wickety craft will hold together during the crossing. With your back back to the east and your hands firmly gripping the tandles of the oar, you row the small boat away from the shore and into the thick bank of fog. For over an hour, you row steadily through the fog, at times unsure of your direction. The splash of oars as they slip into and out of the water is the only sound that breaks the eerie silence. You begin to wonder if you're headed in the right direction, however, as the fog starts to lift. You reveal that you're less than a hundred yards from the pool's eastern shore. Without warning, the water around your small craft begins to churn vigorously, and something large bumps into the bottom of the boat. You watch in horror as a long, dark shape passes beneath you and disappears into gloom. Seconds later, the spiny, grey-scale back of some massive creature breaks through the surface of the water several yards from you. The creature's spaly back back remains exposed for only a few scant seconds before disappearing into the depths of the pool. To your dismay, you note that the boat has begun to take on a fair amount of water. With no desire to wish the confrontation with the spiny back creature lurking in the depths of the pool, you begin rowing, rowing rapidly, hoping to reach the shore before the craft goes underwater. Alright, I've got a but here's a round of number 1 to 100. Bonus throw from seamanship. Got to get 50 or more. And I did. You managed to reach the eastern shore while the small, go- small boat is still above the surface of the water. Once ashore, you draw out the map and study the marked location of the tomb. Reasonably certain of its location, from here, you leave the edge of the pool and push into the swamp. You haven't gone far from the edge of the pool when the sound of voices to the east stops you in your tracks. You crouch down and proceed towards the voices, made to think that others have also pressed so deep into the mire. You reach the edge of the small clearing and your eyes fixate on three men standing around the base of a small hill on the opposite side. Set into the side of a hill, almost completely hidden beyond a tangle of vines and moss, is a large stone door. You realise that these men are standing in front of the door of the tomb that's marked on your map. The men are talking amongst themselves and, are, and you are shocked at what you hear. Oh, Kibok didn't say they about any door! grumbles one of the men. This way is not anything about a door with no latch, no way of opening it, frowns another. The third man, taller than the other, sighs and runs his finger over the surface of the stone door. If only there were wounds or some such, we might have 
might have half a chance of getting it open. It's not quite, not quite apparent, not the only one Kibok has sent into the murk on this mission. Realise that you must now make a decision in light of the new twist of events. Will you still attempt to carry the mission, or you abandon the task set for you by Quibok? Now, now, if I'd if I'd found out what that splashing was, this would be the second time that something odd was revealed about about this quest that made you doubt going on it. The first time you meet, you'd have met a guy with a curse of terror upon him. That was placed by Kibrock. Based on him by Kibrock, who you reveal is some sort of inhuman, human-shaped monster thing. That is a really bad guy, and will surely do ill with, and will surely do some sort of ill if he gets the cloak. But. I've never, I've never, I never met that guy, and so I don't know that. Continue the mission despite this unsettling turn of events, of course. In society, you've gone too far to let this sudden effect, turn of events end your mission. However, you realise that you must decide upon a new course of action. The three men are now in a heated argument before the stone door. I can use illusion, elementalism. Well, I can just say hi to these people. I'm going to use elementalism. It's got to be 10 or higher. I've got a 67% chance of success. The, the, your use of elementalism has succeeded. The ground beneath the three men begins to bubble, and almost instantly they sink up to their knees in a rapidly spreading pool of quicksand. The men reach squeaks in alarm and... and Sweeking alarm and struggled to reach the edge of the treacherous pool. After much struggling and cursing, the tallest of the men managed to haul himself out of the quicksand. Once he's regained solid footing, he hopes his two band escaped from the grip of the Mores. Told you the cursed tomb of the wizard would be cursed, spits one of the men. I, I imagine the tits would get that much worse once we were through the door. You smirk as the men all agree the tomb is too dangerous a prospect. Dismayed, but obviously happy to still be alive, the three men begin a long trek out of the murk. When at last you can no longer hear the splash of their footfalls, you step into the clearing, walk, walk and walk up to the stone door, set into the base of the hill. Yep, how's that? Yay! And nobody had to die. That was nice. The stone door set into the base of the hill is over six feet tall and four feet wide. There is no visible latch or any other sort of mechanism that might be used to trigger its opening. The stone surface is completely smooth, devoid of any markings. You've been staring at the door for several minutes when you suddenly spot something. Towards the base of the portal is a cleverly disguised square stone button. Its surface flush with the, board, with the door. You can only assume that pressing the button will open the stone saw. I see no alternative, you carefully reach down and depress it. For several seconds, nothing happens. And you're about to press the button again when the door shudders. A grating sound fills the air as a thick stone slab appears to descend into the ground. In a matter of moments, it has disappeared from sight. And you're left staring into, 
looked into the dark interior of the tomb, you cautiously stepped through the opening. The light flooding in from the opening behind you adequately illuminates the interior of this small tomb. Elaborate carvings adorn the stone walls and, and seem to illustrate the life of the maids who remains whose those were maids west here. The sarcophagus stands on a way stone pedestal against the far wall. Its heavy stone lid is adorned with many strange carvings. Apart from the sarcophagus, the tomb is empty. You would have to believe the object Kyubibok has asked you to retrieve must lie inside the large stone coffin. You move up to the sarcophagus, and your hands have barely come to rest on the cold stone lid. When a voice from a shadowy corner of the small chamber startles you. Leave my tomb, defiler! Oh dear. You quick, quickly assume a defensive stance as the pale blue apparition of, a beard, of an elderly bearded man, garbled in long robes, glides in the shadows and comes to west next to the scoffers. The spectral figure glares at you. You are not welcome here, hisses the apparition, his voice a grating whisper. Leave now, and you shall be spared my wrath. I can use divination. I can just leave. I can apologise. Or I could attack the apparition. I'm going to use divination. You sense the apparition is indeed the spirit the maid who was buried in his tomb long ago. Though you do not detect any evil about the spectral figure, you sense that your presence here is not desired. Okay, I'm going to apologise for this, the, the intrusion. I mean, I am robbing his tomb. And that, that, that's, a, that's kind of a mean, a jerk move, isn't it? I mean, there you are. You spent you spend years planning your tomb. You get your tomb, you get nice and comfy lying in your tomb. You got all you got all these carvings nice and set up. You got some nice you got some nice comfy grave goods. You got a nice you got a nice tomb pillow to rest your skull on. Everything's going wonderful. There you are, that's hanging in your tomb. No uh, no problems in the world. And someone bursts in bursts in and starts stealing stuff. You're gonna be angry. I mean, you got it just how you want it. And you spent your entire life getting all that stuff. And maybe longer. Because <laughs> if someone robs you too, you'll be angry. It's your house. But it's forever. Because you're dead. But you're still conscious somehow. Yeah, I'm going to apologise. To your surprise, the apparition's demeanour softens upon hearing your apology for the intrusion into the tomb. You begin to explain the events that brought you here. And when you mention Kibok by name, the spectral form of the elderly lamb becomes visibly alarmed. Kiribok, this is the apparition. It begins to float back and forth through the scoffagus. I've lain here in peace for many years, having not heard that foul name spoken. Yet somehow I knew not even in death would I be rid of him. He's after my cloak, no doubt. Even after these many years. When you explain to Kelp, saying that Kebok has sent you here to retrieve the cloak, the phantasmal figure merely nods in reply. In the hands of that monster, my cloak would be a deadly device, says the apparition, guessing. 
He must never get his hands on it. The spectral figure reaches right through the esophagus and receives a thin red cloak, fastened at the, fastened at the neck by a sizable head mould. The cloak exactly matches the description Kilbot gains you. The apparition... The apparition lays a cloak on top of the sarcophagus and motions for you to take it. Wait, did, did he... Did he phase the cloak through the sarcophagus? Or was did it, did it open a bit? Is it just a ghost thing that ghosts can do? They can pass their phasing power onto things they hold? Which really would be quite convenient. And would... <laughs> I, long ago, I long ago hid the actual cloak in the wilds of the world to keep it from falling into the hands of the likes of Kibibok. Says the apparition. The spectral figure. Figure then explains the cloak before you is a forgery of the cloak that Kiribok has long slaught. Deliver this cloak to Kiribok. And I shall see that you are rewarded. You must take it now and leave at once. The apparition of the old man fades from view and you quickly exit the tomb. I've got the red cloak with an emerald clasp. It's got, it's got its two encumbrance and it's plus one mine. So it's a little bit magical, just a little bit magical enough to trick, to trick a wizard. But the true cloak, even if no, there's I don't think there's any way we there's no way we would ever find that. But what effects it would have, who knows? I sort of want to sort of curious what its stats would be, but it might be one of those things which only really has any effect if you've had years of training. And research, and and all sorts of, and gathered all sorts of equipment. Maybe have a few mint demons summoned to help out. I assume if I just if I were to find the true cloak and just wear it, it probably would do barely anything. <laughs> I I assume this long red cloak can be fastened about the neck with a large emerald clasps. All appearances indicate that this is the cloak Kemprock asked you to retrieve for him. As far as he knows, it is. Outset. Once outside the tomb, you'll prepare to make your way out of of the murk and back to Stormfield with all possible haste. After quickly consulting your map, you move off into the swamp and begin the long trek to the border. It's nearing dusk when you finally emerge from the mire on the edge of Stormfield. Seek out Kirobok in town and present the false cloak to him. That's for the best, because once he's got what he wants, he's not going to be searching anymore. Or at least, not for a long time until he figures out it's the wrong one. Hopefully, at some situation, which come where he, where he's, he's fight, fight, comes against some situation where it, it being the fake cloak leads to him coming to some sort of sticky end, but well deserved because he was going to do something really bad if he did have the true cloak. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to give him the fo- false cloak. I'll give him a. I'll give him a false sense of security and lead to him making mistakes. Seek out Kibok in town and present the false cloak to him. You find Kibok at, at the Muckstone Inn next to the Stormfield Market. 
When you present him with the cloak, he greedily snatches it from you and eyes it suspiciously. Slowly, however, a smile begins to spread across his face. You've done well, Zoop, he says, and now allow me to make good on the payment promised you. Gribrock hands you a cloth bag bulging with coins. Two hundred gold tokens. Perhaps, perhaps in the future I shall have need of your services again, he says, and he tucks away the red cloak beneath his robes. Goodbye, Zoop. Gibbock blow, blows deeply before striding out of the inn. He watches he departs, and then you also leave the inn. 384 experience to general. That's pretty nice for a quest this short. Uh, once outside Muckstonian, you decide to leave the town of Stormfield and head west to the village of Dunstick. As you are making your way along Stormfield's main thoroughfare, counsel an old man riding a mule. Towards the centre of town, as you pass by each other, the old man reaches out and touches your shoulder, sending a tingling sensation to the length of your body. Thank you, says the old man, as he moves his hand from the shoulder. Sensation fades immediately, and you suddenly recognise this man, for he wears the face of the apparition. You encounter the tomb. 256 experience to general. Oh, I got horsemanship. You turn, you turn to call after the early man, only to discover he and his mule are nowhere to be seen. Now that... I did it. I wanted... I wanted to get conjuration instead. So I'm going to have to quit without saving. And just keep doing that over and over again until I get... Until I get horse, until I get conjuration instead, I'm going to pause. And if we do find do find out what that first event that that guy sneaking up on you was, I'll show you. But other, but yeah, after that, I'm just going to keep running through this quest over and over again until I get conjuration. It'll go a lot quicker because I won't have to read it. Okay, I did pass that divination check that I failed last time. You sense that someone or something is lurking behind a large clump of tangled growth in the swamp to your right. You call out, boldly demanding that they show themselves, hoping that such a display of bravado will dissuade any notion they might have to launch an attack on you. Moments later, a short, thin man, garbled in a green tunic, steps out from behind the mound of vegetation. The man steps forward and offers a quick, nervous greeting, and immediately assures you that he means you no harm. When, when you ask him what business he has, has following you, he starts stammering, and beads of sweat begin to appear on his brow. You, you must not continue, Zoop, he says, stepping over nearly on. This mission leads only to folly! You demand to know how he knows your name. The man swallows hard and wipes away his steady stream of sweat pouring off his forehead. His lower door starts to tremble as he stutters his way into the next place. Gibbock was once my master, he stammers, and a more cruel and wicked monster one could not possibly imagine. Grandma tells you he was once an apprentice in magic in the May Grey Circle when Gibbock was your master. He is a powerful spellcaster, stammers the man, and he is revered among the Grey Circle in Tanners, but he is evil and must not be trusted. The man begins to shake and his voice lowers. He looks you straight in the eye. What he says next, he starts, He's not even human. He starts, What manner of creature he is hidden beneath human skin? I dare not ask. 
But know that he is not what he appears to be. You must believe me, Zoop. You ask the man his name, but he fuses and begins to back away from you. His eyes, nervously no, no, darting through the swamp. I still suffer from a curse of fear. The Grimlock bestowed upon me years ago. Realised dust. How much I had surmised about his wicked designs, he stammers. This unnatural terror torments me day and night. Yet I know I shall never be free of it. I will soon wear my own life. The face another minute of fright and agony. Yet as is the cause of this, I am too fearful to confront my own master. and too fearful to take my own life. You plead with the man for more information about to help. But he continues to back away from you rapidly. There are few who will pay any weight. It's the words of a stammering foe soup. But you must believe me. If Gibrock has sent you into this place, it's only to further his own foul plan. You must not allow that to happen. Before you can respond, the man turns and runs off into the swamp. After only a few seconds, he has lost some sight. And shortly after that, the splash of footballs has faded to silence. You ponder on next course. The mission lies with this strange encounter. Continue on your mission for Kirok. Although intrigued by the nervous man's story, you decide the best course of action is to continue on the mission you've already accepted. After quickly checking the match, you want to get settled through the swamp fading east. Alright, I'll pause. Alright, we're back. Back to scaling off those two waters. Now, I could use Illusion instead. That's also fun. If it passes. Oh, but it fails. Right, what would have happened is you'd made an illusionary tour of some sort. And, but, and it would have scared them away. But then, but just in time, because then it'll start ch- start tweeting like a bird. I think that's what happens. Your failed attempt to use your magical power has alerted the three men to your presence. They draw their weapons and charge towards you, intent on doing you some serious harm. You bravely attack three tomb raiders, and none of them are called Lara Croft, because they're men, and men aren't called Lara, amongst other reasons. <laughs> oh, oh dear, I've got, I've got to kill them. Oh dear, oh dear, I, I, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to beat them up. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, I mean, it's just a tomb. Okay, it's it's not it's not a nice way to make a living, but it's not not like they're stealing from a person who's alive, <laughs> or they're what, or they're they're killing anyone. I mean, I mean, there's criminals. Quinnum or wait, Quinnum Wax go, it's on the lower end. The men stab and slash at you, they stab and slash some more, they are dead. Sorry. I got 18 XP. You quickly examine the bodies of the three men and discover the following. You get a gold wing, this gold wing bears no markings, silver wings, bears no markings, and a sturdy long sword. I'll probably be able to sell that goes gold and silver wings for a bit of gold, but uh, 18 gold. When you finish, you step over the corpses and walk to the stone door on the base of the hill. 
Uh, now I'll pause because it's going to turn out the same as before now. Okay, this time I did learn conjuration. Yep, this is a very quick quest to do if you if if you're if you're just spamming through it because you could probably do it in two one two minutes. Just, just click 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 click. Not reading anything because you've read it before. If you haven't read it before, you should read it because that's what this game's all about. But sometimes you want to see other paths or you don't get the random result you want. Various reasons and you end up going through the same the same sections over and over again. In that case, clicking straight through is perfectly alright. It's not really depriving you of anything. It's just that you get to the fun the new the new fun stuff quicker. Uh, Conjuration, current level is one, novice. And there we are. Now, you can rest. Now, there's something exciting I can do. Because I have all ten powers. All ten powers. Now, as I told you before, there's a certain item you can use. The tattered scroll. This cryptic runic symbols cover cover the parchment of this ancient piece of parchment. Graying in the bottom of the scroll depicts a bolt of lighting surging forth from an open hand. I can use it. You carefully study the runic symbols that cover the piece of tattered parchment. Suddenly, several of the symbols disappear from the scroll as a strange sensation washes over you. Three points have been permanently added to your Neville Reserve total. Without warning, the tattered scroll suddenly disintegrates into your hand. Now, if I'd used that before, I'd learnt, learnt all ten of the ten of the known magical spears. I would have just learnt another spear, spear of magic. Which just which only saves you general XP, of which you can get an unlimited amount. But this free Neville Reserve, that's that's something that's very very limited in the game. Even end game characters only have about what 70, 80 of it, perhaps. As they say, it's it's just so much more valuable to get this Neville Reserve boost than to learn another spell of magic. And even if, even if this mo if you'd messed up the order you, the order you get your magic in, and the only the magic you need to learn, you, you the magic. Magic you have to learn on is necromancy, which otherwise you have to pay two AT to learn. It is still better because a Neville Reserve is very hard to raise. And it's a permanent bonus. Permanent. It's a as I do this. Learn your ten. Learn your ten. Skip ten. Learn your ten skills and learn your ten powers. Then use the scroll. Remember to learn necromancy from Ear Through the Wise, because you can't learn that in a grey circle. 
get elementalism from Daggerspire since it's free there. Get the you get you get one. The most efficient way is you get one. You put, you pick one power and six from the Grey Circle. Elemental elementalism from Daggerspire necromancy. Necromancy were through the wise, and then whatever's whatever skill you haven't yet got, you learn you learn from a from this quest, a journey into the muck, and that and that is how you learn all the skill, all the powers, and get that nice three N N V boost, which is a very nice thing indeed. All right, now you continue. I can I can rest, restore that three NV. I can save, and now we are done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.